0: Welcome to the greatest pro wrestling podcast in the history of the world. This is Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Pump Productions. Let me welcome back first the greatest minch in the history of Brooklyn, New York, Mark Braverman, along with in Denver, Colorado, the co-host of the Great Girth podcast, Mr. Angelo Trujillo, but you can call him Tony. And also in the great state of Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Uncle Mad, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to have all of you guys simultaneously.
1: Hey man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Me too. All right. Always happy to jump on with the bear.
0: <laughs> well, it's a blessing to have all of you and, and 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 Tony. This is the first time of many times I'm, I'm going to have you on the show, and I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to back to be back on yours, but. Gentlemen, I don't know about you guys, but Survivor Series turned out better than I thought. About,
1: yeah. I'd say about. I typically don't care for Survivor Series, but I did enjoy this one.
3: (laughs) Alright. Well, obviously,
0: the point of this was to talk about what happened at the end, but we'll get to that. But first, let's just go ahead and get through the card as much as possible. But I, I gotta tell you guys, aside from the war game matches... The other matches, I really had very little to no interest in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, did sh-
0: should we get- go and get Santos, Escobar and uh, Dragon Lee out of the way? So, uh, um, Tony, we'll go and start with you. Uh, thoughts on the match?
1: Dude, unpopular opinion, but I care for neither wrestler. Like, Santos <laughs> could be interesting if they carried on with doing something else, dude. Like... We, we we get it. We establish it, right? No longer a part of LWO. We get that. He's a heel now, but they should have done something else. And I'm not going to lie, dude. I don't care for the other dude either. <laughs> I know WWE's plumping him really hard, but it's not that I don't like luchadors, dude. I just, like, it's a lot of it is the same to me. It's that's I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. That's my bias that made it hard to enjoy the match. All right. All right, Uncle, just, Ma-
2: uh, Uncle yeah. Mad? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was... Perfectly fine match, but, you know, kind of, as you mentioned, outside of the war games, most of the matches felt like something you would just see on a regular episode of Monday Night Raw. They didn't really feel like pay-per-view level matches, you know, good. Everybody put their working boots on, had good good performances, but wasn't a whole lot of uh, emotional investment. I mean, the story, I think they just switched this match to be in the match on Friday even, so it was kind of a late addition to the show to begin with. So, I mean... Uh, yeah. They worked good. I thought they were, you know, good in the match, but it wasn't anything that I was like, man, I'm really glad I watched that watched that match. That's <laughs> it was just like, remake. okay, I saw and that's great. But Mark, yeah. I had no interest. Inch- I told you when we
3: when we did the free show, I don't have, I had no interest in this match. I don't care for you the wrestler. Not but, as my friend Tony and said I like Luchador wrestling, just these two are boring. I just had no interest in either one of them. Honestly, I didn't care.
0: All right. So uh, uh, all right. Well, Mark, since you hate Miz more than anybody, let, we'll go and start with you on this one: Miz versus Gunther. Now, obviously, well, let me go ahead and say, well, we all knew Gunther would win. Yes, we did.
3: <laughs> but as I said on the pre, as I said on our pre-show of the Survivor Series, Miz is incapable of having a good match. He's not even close to it. Why they keep putting this guy in pay-per-view, I have no idea. He's horrible. He can't wrestle, and I'm glad Gunther beat the hell out of him. I really am. Uncle?
0: No, oh,
2: oh, he so says I it was a good markup. It wasn't. All right. All right. Go ahead, Uncle Man. Yeah, I mean, same thing. It was, you know, nothing special. I mean, they just did what they had to do. Everybody knew what the result was going to be in the end. They tried to do a few things to make you think <clears throat> Miz had a chance with the low blows and stuff that he was pulling out late. But you know, uh, they're not going to have the Gunther go on the run he's been on to have it end to the Miz. So it was another one where it's kind of like it's here, it's fine, it's whatever. But we all knew the outcome before it even started. So it was kind of, what was the point?
1: Tony? Same thing. Well, here's the thing, dude, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really not a fan of Miz, but I was hoping that they would make him look like less of a bitch. And they, they kind of did. They gave him a few good licks in there, but that's why I think he's like so difficult to watch is because he's meant to be stupid. He works great with what he has, but not at a pay-per-view level. I just didn't want to see it, but I like I like Gunter, you know what I mean? So like it's not bad. I I figured might as well check it out, see how it goes. It was okay. It could have been better. I will say I enjoyed it more than the other fucking match we just discussed, but I kinda <laughs> Yeah, knew I think we always be that.
0: Even even Mark I, I even Mark can definitely agree to that.
1: That's not saying
3: much. That it's just... no nope.
0: right. but it's saying something.
3: <laughs> all right, so you took a bad match and like you We out to watch another bad match. Okay, so that's not saying right. much.
0: All right, so now we're gonna go, uh, mommy Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. Now, same thing with that with the previous match. We all knew R- Rhea was gonna win. Yeah, but we expect a lot better than what we got. Yeah, it's just I think the ending, the ending is what really did not look good because Zoe was looking great, and all of a sudden, the way she lost, I was like, you just spoiled. I mean, that end. You see, when an ending is bad. It has more than the potential of ruining the whole entire match, and not only the match, but the build-up. So, uh, Tony, your thoughts?
1: So, here's my issue. I don't like either individual, but I will say this. Rhea actually can carry an audience and make you interested, whether you like her or not. So, yeah. of course I wanted to invest myself into it. It was kind of a dumb match. To me, that was definitely a, it was a spot filler. It was just to kill time. I did expect a whole lot more because every match we get from Rhea is typically better than the, you know, but this one you can tell is kind of a feeling and I'm going to be honest, man, I'm not a big Rhea fan. I think the reason why is because to me, she's, ah, fuck dude, she's trying so hard to be someone she's not. She's almost like a female Brock Lesnar, but at least she wrestles. So it was,
0: <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. And, and I mean, and uh, she wrestles, and she and she shows up. She's full exactly, she,
1: time. Exactly. And,
0: and and you know what? And I, we, we we can say two words. She doesn't do backstage politics. I mean, yeah. I honestly believe she's been the victim of that before. But anyway, that's part of the game. Uh, Uncle yeah. Mad, your thoughts?
2: Oh uh, yeah, similar to the Gunther match. I mean, there was just nothing in this match that made you think uh, it was going to be any result other than Rhea coming out still champion, which you know, uh and then I just, nothing in the match really changed anything. They really never gave Zoe much to make it look like she was going to win, which I was a little bit disappointing. Like, I'm not super high on her, but it seemed like they were doing a lot with her, putting her with Becky and Trish Stratus earlier this year. So to now just kind of feed her to Rhea without, you know, really giving her much credibility didn't seem to help her much. So um, I don't know. It's like you said, they they got to have some matches on the show outside of the two big ones. But, you know, felt like right. they just didn't have a whole lot uh, set up or ready to go outside of that stuff. So it was probably my least favorite match on the show.
3: <laughs> all right, Mark. I was disappointed. I happen to I haven't to like Rhea Ripley. I think that she can work with anybody. Zoe can work with anybody. I don't know what happened. I don't know, they just put this together as, as as the gentleman said in the last ten minutes or I have no idea what happened. The ending as you said Alex was terrible. The match was relatively boring. It was just not not a typical match for these two ladies. It's not was not a typical WWE women's match at all in the past five years. It was just terrible. It was boring. It was... What happened?
0: Exactly. And everybody knows, you know, when it comes to Rhea Ripley, I, her NXT character is why I strongly admired. And everybody knows my favorite Ripley moment was her confrontation to Shayna Baszler telling her, well, we all know what she said. And the moment right after she said that, ever since then, it's not only WWE fans, but wrestling fans overall have been fully in, emotionally invested in her since then. When she told Shayna Baszler, you haven't beaten me, bitch. Yeah. Ever since then, she's, she's been over. She, this, she's this, despite all the stuff that they messed up with her, she's still been over. So <clears throat> so we'll see. But as far as Ripley goes, if she does drop the belt, then clearly it's going to be at WrestleMania. And But I just hope that they actually build a decent storyline going to that because, you know, if they don't, then what was the point? But now, speaking of storylines, now we get to the women's war games match. And I have a feeling, well, we know though, because damage control lost, somebody is going to be kicked out of the group, but. Oh, man. yeah.
1: Yeah, <sighs> we, we know it's coming. We know. Uh,
0: uh, who, who would like to get started on this one?
1: Yeah, fuck it. I'll go for <laughs> it if you guys are cool with that. Um, All right, go ahead, Tony. I actually enjoyed this one because as a fan of wrestling all around, I've always felt that the women's division in WWE sucks, but it's nowhere nearly as bad as AEW's women's division. So, I was actually interested and I wanted to see this match. And what I liked about it is that it was effective in confusing you. Because one of the common rules with wrestling is, whoever's getting their ass handed to them the entire time is going to be the one that ends up winning. They mixed that completely with this match, dude. You really have no fucking clue where they're going with it. I kind of figured that Team Becky was gonna win. That was just kind of an obvious. But I won't lie. I kind of wanted damage control to win, even though I really can't stand them. But just because, dude, like think about how fucking (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Right, like it would piss me off,
0: Tony. So uh...
1: (laughs) that's the point, though, man. Like it would piss you off as a fan. But I think that sometimes that's what people need. Yeah. Shit like that. That would have been great. It would have given them credibility but I kind of figured they weren't going to because i had heard the same rumor about someone getting booted. And if it's who I think it is, I, I hope so because I can't stand her. But I thought it was good. It was arguably one of the better women's matches I've seen in years because I've seen them all, man. Hell in the Cell, Money in the Bank. A lot of them just don't grab my attention as much. This one actually did. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a five-star match, but it's it held my attention the entire time. I wasn't checking my phone or getting up to go get something to drink, I thought it was a pretty good match.
3: Uncle
0: Mad?
2: Yeah, no, I thought it was uh, entertaining all the way around. A lot of good creative spots, like, you know, when EO jumped off the top with the trash can around her. I was like, what? That's the thing I've been doing in women's wrestling lately is you're seeing more and more stuff like that that you're not used to seeing in women's matches. That was awesome. Uh, I think this match was a great example of, you know, I think uh, Tony mentioned he's not always been a big fan of Survivor Series. I'm kind of the same way, but I think the last, you know, year or two they've started to kind of not have it be just the throwaway raw versus smackdown that it was for several years where they just throw random matches on. They're actually trying to it's almost like this is where the road to WrestleMania starts now. You could see several seeds planted for what could be big matches down the road in this match. You know, it's the first time we've seen Charlotte and Becky interact in who knows how long, and I think everybody's probably want to see that match again for a while, uh, like you guys were talking about, the potential split of damage control and all the matches that could come out of that, so it was an entertaining match, and I think it also kind of planted a lot of seeds for different directions they can go in moving forward, so in that regard, it's, you know, it was a lot better than what you've gotten in the more recent past or Survivor Series, or it's just random matches that didn't really lead to much.
3: Okay, Mark? Okay, a couple points. Number one. Damage Control should have won. With them losing, even if they don't break up the group, which we know is coming anyway, but even if they didn't break up the group, their credibility for losing the past two years is now completely dead. You're talking about about four or five outstanding female wrestlers losing two years in a row, which is absolutely unacceptable. Exactly. Second Second of all, more importantly than that, if Damage Control does split, we all know who's leaving anyway. And if you happen to see the interview with, with, with Bailey at the end of the, afterwards, she was sitting alone. She was very upset about the loss. She said that she did, She said that she was out of ideas. Obviously, we know who's leaving. But to have damage control lose was, the, was a bad decision. And I'm also going to say this. Bianca Blair was completely useless in the match. What did she do? She came out, she whipped people with her hair, and she did nothing afterwards. guys jump was phenomenal. Charlotte's Munster was was absolutely unbelievable. Barely taking that spear out of nowhere was amazing. The whole match was brilliant, yeah. but I think the wrong team won. Okay, I honestly do. Well, you know, I sh- I should
0: mention. Um, I actually put out a, a tweet. Okay, well, first of all, I should ask you guys. You guys have played the video game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, right?
2: Oh right. yeah.
0: Right. See, I actually tweeted saying that Shotzi reminded me a little bit of an of an unlockable character that you'd see in the game, and that tweet got reported. Which I mean, <laughs> nothing happened. They they found nothing wrong with it. So I'm like, because her her hairstyle and you know the way she was her character. I mean, yeah, this is definitely like like kind of like Darby Allen, a, a character in Tony Oxbro Skater. But
1: yeah,
0: well, I will say this. Um, yeah, the trash can spot is definitely going to be talked about for for a while. Oh yeah, and because Bailey was pinned. It doesn't surprise me because they're going to blame her for the loss and all that. And I, I'll tell you guys this. If Bailey's kicked out of the group, I think Dakota Kai is going to follow her out too. I feel like damage control is going to be like a full Japanese kind of like stable, which I think could be cool. But but we all know if Bailey is back to being a face, the hug, the, the hugger character, it's not coming back.
1: No. No. no, no. Please no. God and no. And I don't
0: see it, – it, it, it shouldn't come back because I think Bailey at this point of her career – she, she could be a, a, a cool, fun loving baby face again, but we, we, we gotta give her a little we, we gotta keep her serious.
3: So no one's a bigger belly fan of the four bus than me. I fought all career, playing her t shirts. I bought her, her since since God knows when. Mm-hmm. She cannot do the hugger thing again, I agree with you. She's definitely she's an amazing face. She's an amazing yell. Either way we go with her. But she cannot do the hug control she cannot do the hugger character again. I fully agree with you with that one. But if fans love her. So obviously we know who's leaving the group, but again, wrong team won. And and Oscar, if- I mean, I'm telling you,
0: Asuka, the way like uh, the way she just acts, you know, like this is her, this is her character from Japan. Like this is her pre WWE character. So Absolutely. it's good to see Oscar really portray and the way she's carrying herself. I mean, using the mist and everything. I mean, despite that, they, her team still lost. It's good to see a match like that have a thriller movie kind of. Sensation like you know, the it seems like the bad guys are standing tall, they're gonna win, but then all of a sudden, the good guys rally and then they win. Well, I should say the heroes, I shouldn't say good guys, but I should say the heroes.
3: You can so. say the thing, it was it, it was a te- it was an absolute terrible, ter- terrible loss, and again, it's the one it's that simple, but yeah. but, but I have to give Billy credit for one more thing out of the four captains, she's the only one who started the War Games match. The other yeah. three, hang, the, the other three did not, and that, that says a lot about her and a lot about her character, that she was the only captain who was who was willing to say I'm going to start. And I don't know how long you guys been watching wrestling, but I've seen I've seen them all. Most in most war games, the captain does start. So huh? I have to give a credit to that one.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, all right, uh, Uncle uh, Matt. Uh, any uh, any final comments on the on the match?
2: When yeah, no, I just uh, would agree with everything everybody said here, you know, could have gone a lot of different ways, a lot of things set up there, and talking about the EO, but also there was that crazy moonsault, uh, crazy moonsault from Charlotte, too, so oh, give her a oh, little bit of credit for that, too, that could have, that could have it, gone it, wrong it, it, a lot of different it ways. It scared
0: I mean. the hell out of me, because when she landed, <laughs> her, I mean, I'm just glad she landed right, but I thought, yeah. man, yeah, I, 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 it scared me. Uh, Tony, any final thoughts on the match? <sighs>
1: Just that, yeah, you know, now that I think about it more and more, Damage Control should have won. Like, again, I don't like him, and I'm probably one of those people that I know how I sound. I'm not a Bailey person. I think the, the main reason why is just that her mic skills bother the shit out of me. They're really hard to just sit and take seriously. Because I've always said if a wrestler can piss you off, then they're a good wrestler. If you love them a lot, then they're a good wrestler. But when you're constantly critiquing their skill, they're not – there's something they need to work on. However, she is a character. I mean, there's clearly no other person that could have led that group to begin with. So, yeah. but, you know, going back to what we've all been saying, which was, hey, they, they really should have won. This was kind of, this was a dumb decision. But at the same time, you got to think, big stadium, right? Big, a lot of crowds. They expect Charlotte and them to win. But I just okay. think that that really fucking... I think that kind of ruined it for me, but it was a good match. I will say that. I mean, I thought that the trash can thing was definitely, besides the ending of the night, the, the whole trash can thing was pretty fucking cold. That was probably the highlight. We'll be talking
3: about it for the 20 years, guys, I guarantee you. But I'm going to disagree with you on one thing, though. If you watch the match very carefully, listen to it. Half the crowd was screaming, let's go, Bailey!" More than half that crowd was screaming, let's go, Bailey!" So, obviously, the crowd right. wanted to win, and if you remember when it was announced at the end, more than fifty percent of the crowd was 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 very upset about
1: it. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You yeah. pro- after a while, you get tired of people like Becky Lynch always fucking winning. It does get annoying. That becomes another John Cena,
3: right? It also, yeah, I agree with you. It also becomes the fact that everybody's getting tired of freaking of freaking Bianca Blair winning who does absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, gentlemen.
2: Chicago's main event also time. one of those, uh, I was going to say Chicago is also one of those unique wrestling towns oh, where people's yeah, faces don't exist the same way they do other places. That crowd decides who they like, and it doesn't matter what WWE's told them who the good guy and bad guy is in those situations. Oh, yeah, think- yeah, you're, right, you're
0: right. You're right. The Chicago crowd is it's probably the best crowd in the country, honestly. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mark. I mean, I would, I would love to <laughs> say New York, but no, Chicago is just some <laughs> people. But anyway, gentlemen, so. Now it's time for the main event. Now, embarrassingly, I got this one wrong because I did, I did pick the Judgment Day, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but <'cause, laughs> I mean, I'm I marked it too, but, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, <laughs> not not surprisingly, of of course, you know, Rhea, you know, I, I thought Rhea was actually getting physically involved in the match. I really thought she was gonna get in and, like that, but that didn't happen, but. The match itself was great, but um, Uncle Matt, we're going to go and start with you. Uh, your thoughts on the match?
2: I mean, same as the women's match, you know, it was really good. They definitely, you know, teased a lot of stuff, a lot of stories, a lot of things. They can go in a lot of different directions for one-on-one singles and tag matches moving forward. Uh, it's, you know... I remember like the first war games I was watching back in the day where it was like, you know, everything was in the cage a lot more. And now it's, you got the tables, the roofs are off, so you can do more stuff off the top there. Adding the pinfalls where they used to be just submission only. It's kind of opened up a little bit more to where you can kind of do a lot more in there. And, you know, when you had this group of guys in there, you know, you got what you expected and everybody kind of put on a good show. All hey,
3: right. Mark? The Ray of Talent, except minus one member of the Damage show, The Ray of Talent was unbelievable. It was, a very, it was an amazing match, and like I, was very, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, and we're forgetting about one thing: that RKO was wow. That's all I'm gonna say is wow. That RKO was unbelievable that they pulled off. The whole
1: match was brilliant, actually.
3: But Tony,
1: I, oh yeah, I loved it. I thought everything creatively done with it was amazing. I actually. For a quick, you know, like a split second, I really thought that, yeah, this is where Seth gets fucked. So, I mean, that was a good decision to do it like that, because I was like, where the fuck is Randy Orton? This is stupid. Because I'm I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan, but I expected it. He's been gone for a while. Where the hell is he? (laughs)
3: And
1: then (laughs) then it ends, and my first thought was, well, shit, I did not get what the fuck, I did not get what I wanted to get. And I almost turned the TV off. I had to wait. I waited about 20 seconds, and then something happened, but... (laughs) I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I was really disappointed with the the usage of Drew McIntyre. I don't feel that he was very involved. I mean, he he did in some of you know his moves, but I just I really think they could have used him as a fucking monster the entire time. That's it. But that's just because I'm a I'm biased, man. I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan. I love all the guys that were in this. I even love I even love Damian Priest. I'm just not a big uh, not a big Judgment Day kind of person. I think. Um, it it has its ups and its downs. It's a, a good faction, clearly. No, it's. I don't think it's going to be anything that we'll remember ten years from now. But I could be wrong too, because evolution. They said the same thing about evolution.
0: They said the same thing about New Day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And New, New Day, Day is, is still it, going, even yeah.
0: though I mean, it'll, even though Big E's still nowhere being around. But but the whole right. New Day thing is still there. But uh, uh, please continue.
1: Well, that RKO was pretty badass. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I think my favorite spot though in that entire match, it had to have been the, uh, the involving the table, just because I'm a classic guy, you know. But UCW. Exactly. That's <laughs> why it it was all around a good match. I think it was, in my opinion, better than the last one we got from last year, if you remember it. Yeah. Also a good. Yeah. One. With with a bloodline, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like that one, I was pissed about the ending, of course, and this one, I kind of thought judgment day was going to win but i was happy with who won too so i mean i thought it was a pretty good match well i'm gonna say
0: this i feel like damien priest being pinned i just personally don't agree with that i think dom honestly i think dirty dom should have been the one pinned you know why why they didn't do it though dominic his frog splash was well executed And I love how, you know, he does the three amigos, like the late, great Eddie Guerrero. And I love how Michael Cole says he's not honoring Eddie Guerrero. He's making a mockery of the whole thing. Dominic is just beyond over as a heel. But, you know, I'm really starting to suspect the Judgment Day, the days may start being numbered soon. But we we thought for a while that Damien Priest would be the one breaking out of the group, but... I have a feeling like if, if the group breaks, it's not going to be one particular person turning face. It could be several, but I mean, I don't know, but, you know, Mark, we talked about it. If Judgment Day loses, Mommy is not going to be particularly happy about it. She's going mean, to, I guarantee you guys, she's going to rip them a new one. Because we all well, know Mommy is the actual leader. We all know that.
3: Yeah, she's yeah, she's definitely, definitely going to a new one. And as Alex said, I don't like the fact they ran on there with the case. That was that was just terrible. I remember yeah. I thinking, that yeah, was actually even,
0: kind of stupid.
3: Please don't, please don't do this. Not now. It, it wouldn't make any sense, number one. Number two, it's just stupid. Right. The table thing was fine. Now that I agree with you all on And honestly, I thought it was a very good match. It was better than one last year. I'll give you that much. So I enjoyed it. But I don't think they split I'm not a Judgment Day fan myself, but they needed the win because... If you're going to keep a group together, they have to win at something. And War yeah. Games is the biggest time to do it. They have no... Judgment Day credibility went down now that they lost. They have all the... They have, they have what, two or three titles? Two, maybe even four titles right now? And they still... And they still lost. Credibility is very important with the group in professional wrestling. Horseman always had it. Evolution, even though they kind of stunk, always had it. With Diamond Control and Judgment Day losing... Their, credit, their credibility just went downhill. Yeah. We don't know, uh, but... But i got to ask you guys, do you guys believe
0: that it was the right way to go with Damien Priest being pinned, or do you believe another member should have been pinned?
1: Um, <laughs> uh, uh, funny, we'll start with you. Mm, you know, here's the thing. Damien Priest happens to be the only one I actually like, and I've, I'm kind of hoping if something does happen to Judgment Day... It'll be because of him. I know that we're at a point where nobody wants to see rehashes, but I wouldn't mind seeing Damian Priest do a Dave Batista. That would be fucking cool. That would be, in my opinion, well-deserved to be the perfect final split story. But that being said, no, I don't agree with him getting pinned. I don't even agree with Finn Balor getting pinned. If anything, it should have been JD. I I, I think...
0: I say, that, I, I say it
1: should have been Dom, but that, that's okay. just Yeah, opinion. him too, because you got to think a lot of people do hate him. That's how good of a heel he is. That's a, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be justified? Yeah, exactly. We, uh, love
0: it. we hate him because we love him. That's just the way I say When it comes to a heel, we hate him because we love him and we appreciate him.
1: Exactly, and I yeah. think that they would have been satisfied with him getting pinned, but I think another reason they didn't do it is because they want you to believe that he's more than just Rey Mysterio's son, which right. I think – Again, I'm not too big a fan of him, but I remember when he debuted. The first thing I thought was he needs to get the fuck away from his dad, or he'll never be taken seriously.
0: They did it. Uh, yeah, Uncle, exactly. Un- Uncle Matt, you're. A, you're a, who do you think should have been pinned and why?
2: Uh, he, JD probably made the most sense. Just he's, you know, the one guy in there that hasn't really established himself yet, and like it would would have played into the storyline of you know, Priest didn't necessarily really want him in the group to begin with. So if he loses the fall. You know, that could create more tension within the group there. But uh, I kind of have a feeling that there's probably something <laughs> bigger coming for Priests because they tend to have this pattern now where somebody starts losing. It's because they think it'll reset when something happens. You know, I think we've seen it with multiple money in the bank people. They seem to lose a lot right before they cash in and actually get the title. They think cash in the money bank kind of resets all that or similar to what we're probably going to see with damage control when a group's going to split up or a member is going to get kicked out. They can have that person lose a little bit more if they're going to kind of get the reset of leaving the group. So that makes me think that maybe him taking the fall means something bigger is coming for him around the corner sooner rather than later. But, you know, if not, then, yeah, if you're trying to build him up to make him a bigger star than, you know, what he currently is, losing that match probably wasn't the best for him. But, you know, if you've got big plans for him that are going to kind of reset and switch his position, you know, maybe it will work.
0: Okay, Mark, who do you think should have been pinned and why?
3: I think it should have been Dominic Mysterio. I just don't like the kid anyway. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's that well, good. Right. Well, well,
0: well, well, Mark, I mean, I'm going to need you elaborate. I mean, I, we're going to need a little bit more than the why you just don't like him.
3: I was about to until you interrupted me. The, oh, kid had, the, the kid has no talent in the ring. Stealing any growth move is just terrible, number one. And I agree with my uncle. That was not a tribute to any growth. That was just pathetic. I've never liked Dominic, Dominic Mysterio. He's the weakest member of the group. He really is. He's got a useless title. So why not have him pinned? And then when they, and then when they go to SmackDown Raw and say, you got pinned, you're out of here. You're useless. We don't need you. Goodbye. Throw him out of the group. It will still get him away from his father. And it will get him, out, it will, it will get him away from his father. He I just don't like him. And even if he's out of Judgment Day, what are they going to do with this kid? He has no talent, no microphone skills, nothing. I've never liked this guy.
0: All right, well, first of all, yeah, you're right. Sorry for inter- interrupting you, Mark, but... No problem. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it was what it was, but when Randy Orton came out, man... And I, I got to say, first things first, Randy Orton looks good, and he looks he looks stronger than ever. He looks jacked. You guys notice the physique change?
1: Well, yeah, he, he looks probably the healthiest he's ever been. That's how good he looks, for his age anyway, because he's at that age where they start to slow down a lot and he's just still going so you got to give him credit cuz a lot of them yeah they they slow down around that time or they retire so it, it's it's kind of cool to see him keep going again I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan but I will say when his music hit it was nice to see him again cuz it it's been a while
3: it has Mark It's been over a year and a half since we've seen Randy Orton and the guy looks better than ever he's stronger no question about it. He looks like he's been living in the gym. The surgery obviously worked. I've always been a Randy on fan, Heel the face. So to me, when he came out, I, w- I was just happy to see to see that to see how well he did, and he looks great. No ring wrist on him whatsoever.
2: I
0: mean, Uncle Matt.
2: Yeah, I know that was probably one of my biggest takeaways from the match was when he came out, just how huge he looked. I was almost like, did they? I guess you don't have to do wellness tests uh, while you're out of action and stuff like that. Cause I was like, this guy is as big as we've ever seen him looking, but yeah, he got in the ring, you know, he looked like he hadn't missed a day. You know, I think it's one of Michael Cole's favorite cliches. I think somebody, I think Triple H mentioned it, the JBL used to say it all the time. If you could build a wrestler in a lab, it'd be Randy Orton. And that's probably the best way you can describe him. You know, he's got all the tools, all the pieces that you'd want to, you, you know, you're build a professional wrestler and, you know. Came back in. He knew the crowd was into him. He played up with them on his way to the ring. Got right in all those signature spots. The everybody doing his signature DDT together. The crowd went nuts for that. So, you know, they they knew what they were doing. He knew what was he was doing. He came right back in. Looks like you know, hasn't missed a day. He's the same guy, same Randy Orton that he's been from day one. Definitely. And you know, in that time, you know, pulling
0: up with the RKO. Then he turns to Jay Uso and like kind of gives him that look. Hey, I haven't forgotten. Why should I trust you now? But then Uso. Solidifies himself, you know. He saves him. And he goes like there. Now, 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 you can trust me. I just saved your ass. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we all knew that something like that was going to happen. But you know, of course, the whole thing with the uh, Drew McIntyre and Orton, you know, staring each other down, and not only that, but the miscommunications between McIntyre and, and Priest. I mean, that's just more to add to the uh, fire. But, but it's, it's it's great it's great to see Orton, but you know. But what, what, what happened at the end? You know what? You know what? The fact is, you know, here's—I'm sorry, guys. Here's another interruption. But a third person actually made his return on the on this show. It wasn't in a match, but it was in a backstage segment.
1: <laughs> yep, I saw yeah, that. Our
0: truth. <laughs> I mean, not much to say. I mean, he always makes us laugh. So it—he it, made us laugh. He made us smile when, when we saw him again. So it is—it is great to see our truth back, guys, isn't it? it?
1: Jimmy, it is. Yeah, yeah. I like him. I mean, that's. He's actually a good wrestler. Obviously, he's older now, so he's slowed down quite a bit. But the way they're handling him, I think, is amazing because he's comic relief. He can take anything that's thrown his way, especially something as shitty as the twenty four seven champion, and he can make it seem valuable. And he did. Yep, exactly. So, uh, was Mark, nice. uh,
0: Mark, any thoughts on our truth?
1: I've
3: always thought he was talented. I think I think he's better outside the company. He's one of those guys that he's better when he's not in the company. And he had an he had an outstanding run in Um I'm glad to see that, he, that that he's still wrestling. He is comic relief, especially. But I have a question though. Did he bring little Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think
0: I think little Jimmy. Uh, he, he's all grown up now. Yeah, uh, it Uncle was mad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I just, I would agree with Mark. You know, we used to go see him here when uh, TNA was at the quote unquote asylum at the National Fairgrounds, and it was a completely different wrestler from what WWE uses him as now, where he was, you know, as talented as anybody in the ring back then. And, you know, now he's, it's a credit to how talented he is that he's been able to turn it around and just be a complete, you know, comedy act, but not let him, not let him ever completely bury him with it. Like he's made it to where they, you know, keep him elevated, keep him entertaining, keep him in the front. You know, a lot of these people, We've seen get, you know, flushed down the toilet at WWE once WWE decides they're a comedy act. But, you know, he's always made, what's the old saying? Chicken salad out of chicken, something else. He does pretty (laughs) good at that over the years. So, yeah, it was, it's good to see him back, you know, every once in a while. You know, if you're scrolling through TikTok, you know, I think my algorithm always brings me old wrestling stuff and some of his bits, like when he climbed the ladder in the Royal Rumble and (laughs) some of the stuff he's done in the past, man, pop up every once in a while and just always make me laugh anytime I see him.
0: Yeah, he's a great guy. But, um, but what happened after the match uh guys it the pop was probably the loudest we have, we had, we'd ever seen
1: oh yeah, it was louder than the m pop a w yeah i mean it,
0: this makes the the a w pop look like nothing i'm sorry guys exactly... how, many, how many times in life have we been told you never say never a lot we thought there was... Number one, we thought he'd never wrestle again. And he did. We thought there's no way he'd ever go back to WWE. And, and he has. But, gentlemen, make no mistake about it. I'm going to tell you something with deep conviction. If Vince McMahon was still in charge, there is no way CM Punk would be in the comp- Would return to the company. No way in hell. You guys agree? Yeah.
1: No, I agree. Especially just the simple fact that... There's an old saying. I don't remember which wrestler said it, but somebody had said if you've worked for WWE and you've been fired from WWE, chances are you'll go back to WWE. No, oh, hold on, sweetie.
0: No, oh, no, no worries, Tony. Um but <laughs> I mean the pop, the reaction, I mean, jeez. <laughs> You know, and, and you know, we, we, and we saw what Triple H, you know, what Triple H said, you know, on Twitter. I mean, technically it's called X, but we still call it Twitter. You know, the tweet, you know, uh, "Cold Day in Hell." You know, at the end of the day, I'm sure Punk and Triple H said, "Look, this is not about the past. Let's do what's best for you, me, the fan. Let's do what's best for business. Let's do what's best for wrestling." You know, and that, and that's why he's back.
3: Um, Mark your thoughts, please. Okay, I've been a CM Punk fan since he's been in Ring of Honor. I've seen all his, I've watched him forever, and I've
0: learned a lot from you, Mark, about CM Punk. Let me tell you.
3: Thank you. One, the guy can put on a match with anybody. We know that, so it's good for business to have somebody who can wrestle. The guy can who can wrestle with anybody. The man can wrestle up so They can make it look like a good match, but we just hope that his attitude has changed towards towards the locker room, towards Triple H. We hope that, and I'm glad to see him. The pop was incredible. He's always been one of my favorites, so I'm glad to see him back. But, again, where's his attitude? That's my question. Where's his attitude in the locker and What's going to be his attitude when they don't give him what they want? So, we'll see.
2: Um, Uncle Matt? Yeah, no, it's, you hit the nail on the head with uh you can never say never. I mean, we've seen... <clears throat> Crazier stuff happened with like people like the Warrior and Bret Hart coming back to WWE. So if you know those two came back, you know anybody can come back at any point in time. Uh, I kind of had a feeling throughout the night. You know, going into it, I was like, you know, they're so good right now, they're so strong. They got so many top guys over right now. They don't really need to bend over and bring him back in. But you know, throughout the night when they were teasing maybe Orton's not coming out, I was like, you don't do that in Chicago. You don't give them reason to think something might be up unless something (laughs) is up because that can get you in a lot of trouble if you make a crowd think you're going to do something. Like I still remember like right after Punk left the first time a couple of weeks later they were in chicago hit his music and paul Heyman comes out and the
3: oh boy. nuclear
2: heat that got you know so you definitely don't want to walk down that road so i kind of had a feeling something was up but even with that once the match was over i think mark or tony mentioned it earlier i was putting up christmas decorations they put up the little graphic survivor series trademark wwe blah blah i was like oh, okay good show entertaining show great show i think i walked over the tree and started putting up some warm and then a sudden the whole my tv blows up just the speakers go nuts and i'm like Turn in like what just happened. I see the CM Punk graphics all over and I'm like, Okay, they they got me because for a split second I was like, ah, good show. It was good. But then I was like, wait, he's back. Okay. This is gonna get crazy here now.
1: Tony? Oh, I was excited, dude. I I you already know me, I'm the I'm a CM Punk fanboy, like one hundred percent, dude. I followed his career from day one. I love this guy. And I was all for him going to AEW. And you know my opinion on it, dude. I think he got fucked because of a young, bunch of young kids that don't know how to be adults. Jump there up. is there is history with him, though. There's much that can be said about him. However, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I heard the rumors, and I was like, yeah, there's no fucking way. They can twist it however they like. It's not happening. And it does happen, and it's like the third time in, I don't know, probably like a couple of years and yeah, like the last couple of years, it's like the third time that I actually jumped up off the couch excited because that's a big thing to see. It was the same issue with me It was we'll never see him again. I doubt he's going to impact, even though they're saying he was pretty close to. But I just with with how far he's come, whether you like him or not, he is an established person. He's a draw, big time draw. There's no way in hell he's going anywhere else. He f- fucked up in AEW, so we'll never see him again, probably. And now that we are, that is awesome. And I'm already, whether it's a work or not, man, I'm already wanting to see what happens between him and Seth Rollins. That would be kind of cool. Because, dude, the storylines that have some realism in them are way better than the made-up ones. So I'm hoping we get that, and I won't lie. I hate to admit it, but I'm definitely going to be watching Raw tonight live, which will be, shoot, man, I haven't watched wrestling live for, like, years. I mean, I've been... I watched AEW live for like the first year, but then after a while I just started recording shit and then I just watch it. But not going to lie, dude, pretty excited for tonight. And I'm going to definitely sit through and see what happens from there. I thought that that was the best way to end the show. I'm kind of glad they did it the way they did. They almost had me though. I almost turned that shit off and just said, well, that was all right. But just seeing that dude, that was so cool. And then you see his banner. It was just, it was unbelievable. I felt like a kid again. I was really happy.
0: I mean, we, we we saw you guys saw the vi- the video of Seth Rollins how he reacted off the air right.
3: I was about to say that yeah. I was There's
0: about a about couple
1: to... videos yeah that have been coming out. Yeah,
3: but even my even my little Colin Garrison had to had to grab had to grab him because he was screaming everything you could think of at CM Punk. So I don't as as uh, as Tony said I have to agree with him that if this is a real big storyline they are better and if you want references okay. Raven Sandman in the old DCW, and not to mention, of course, HBK and Bret Hart, two of the greatest storylines of all time, and they were actually real hatred for each other. So, Oh, yeah. So if this goes, how far can it go? Maybe WrestleMania, maybe farther than that. We don't know, but I will say this, though. With Orton and Punk returning, one's going to have to go to SmackDown, and one's going to have to go to Raw. You can't have them both on the same show. that the truth. Uncle Mad?
2: Yeah, with the uh, the Rollins thing, I I think he's a smart guy. He knows there was going to be a lot of camera fo- phones recording him when he was sitting there yelling at CM Punk after the show. I don't think he's uh, dumb enough to do anything that would get himself into hot water there. So, uh, and he's you know, I think there was a video that came out today of him cutting a promo last night at the house show that kind of alluded yep. to. Yeah, you know, I actually have it right. I, have, I
0: actually have it right here. Yeah, yeah, like
2: we're going to we're going to keep working hard. We don't care who's just coming in here to try to steal some of our thunder. We're not going to worry about those type of people, which it yeah. it's kind of funny. He's almost, you know, taking the CM Punk role that CM Punk had when he had his falling out over The Rock kind of taking his spot when CM Punk was like, "Why is Dwayne coming back and taking the main event that I've been carrying this company for a year and a half as the world champion? What what's going on here?" So now it's uh kind of funny to see how this plays out because the roles are essentially reversed where c m Punk is the guy coming out of the cold that's been gone for nine years, and Seth Rollins is the workhorse who's been carrying the company on his back during that time and it's so funny how the what's the batman <laughs> thing the either you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's like that's kind of what uh the role c m Punk has taken on now where you know he's coming back as the conquering baby face, but you know Seth Rollins is now the guy with the chip on his shoulder, the younger guy that's been carrying the company and looking like, well, what are you doing here? We don't need you, man. I got this. we don't need you. So it's going right. to be interesting to see how it plays out. And you mentioned watching Raw tonight. I'm going to go to Raw tonight. It was hilarious. Like as soon as CM Punk came out, I was sitting there. I was like, no, that's, pure. that's think, awesome. Yeah, I was sitting on the couch watching it. And as soon as he came out, like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, wait a minute. I think Raw <laughs> is in Nashville on Monday night. I think I have to go to Raw now. So I like, jumped on SeatGeek. I got like upper deck tickets for like 30 bucks. So I'm like, these are going to go up to like 60 bucks within an hour once we, everybody knows that CM Punk's back. So I was like, let me get these right now. I'll oh, go sit yeah. in the upper deck. See what happens. Should be a fun night at the Bridgestone Arena. But yeah, it's it should, it's gonna yeah. be very interesting to see where they go with him. I mean, Mark, you and I briefly spoke
0: about this already, and, and you're and you out of the blue. Now, y'all, this is Mark. This is to Mark's credit. Mark, you're already predicting Seth Rollins versus CM Punk at WrestleMania. Yes, I am. Okay. Would you would you uh, would you like to Would you like to go ahead and uh, give a full
3: explanation? It would just make. Perfect sense right now, as as the two as our, as our two gentlemen as the two gentlemen said, it would make perfect sense because it is real. There is there there is some hatred between the two of them. Seth Rollins has been carrying the company for a very long time, but the problem is, Seth Rollins' back does concern me, because we don't I know understand. what's happened with the injury, and he's been wrestling with the very bad back right now. But we have, but if last year's WrestleMania was a, was, was not that great. So if you can have a blow-off match like CM Punk versus Seth Rollins, that will definitely sell. No question about it. We've been saying it for a long time now that that's, that, that's always been a dream match. So why not have it at the grandest stage of them all? Let's okay. do it. It's not only the ba- it's not
0: only Seth Rollins' back, gentlemen. It's his knees as well, from what I understand. It's more of his back, though. Yeah. I mean, whether it's the knee or the back, I mean, th- th- those body parts, affect a wrestling career and not only that but your future when you know when you're retired so
3: uh it has <sighs> affected my career we all we, we affected my career badly i have a bad back into a bad knee so trust me i know the pain
0: and mark you know you know every day I, I pray you know i pray for you mark you know pray for all you gentlemen but you know and before uh you know mo- you know speaking of you know see as far as ron's goes i don't know if it's Some people say it's an elaborate work, or some people believe it's that, but also legitimate heat, but we'll have to wait and see. But it also said that Drew McIntyre, apparently, something was something with him, because after the match, he marched out of the ring, visibly angry, went to his dressing room, slammed the door, just put on a hoodie and just walked out and didn't say anything. So, I don't, uh, part of me says that this has nothing to do with Seth Rollins.
3: I uh, think to do with CM Punk returning. I think a lot of people in the locker room just don't like him. Oh,
0: you know you what, know, you know, Mark? Thanks for correcting me because I, I meant to say I don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with CM Punk. Um, but, uh, Mark, uh, your thoughts on
3: that? It could, it's possible because if you notice, a lot, Rhea Ripley was upset that he came back.
0: Yeah.
3: Seth Rollins was was noticeably upset when he came back. It was off camera, but somebody was at the show told me Cody, and Cody had it. Cody had a strange look on his face when they saw him. So a lot of people are very upset that CM Punk has returned to the locker room. As much as I'm a fan of the guy, and I am, I'm not a wrestler. I've never been in the locker room with him. But from what we're told, on from what I'm told, there are times where he can be a, a pure pain in the pain in the uh, padded butt. So, it is possible that a lot of people are very upset in the locker room that he's back.
0: Okay. Okay, uh, Uncle Man.
2: Yeah. No. I mean. uh I think Drew's probably just like the most unlucky guy in the world and it's probably a culmination of things you know he, he was supposed to be set up for this big triumphant you know Wrestlemania moment beating Brock Lesnar and then the whole world gets shut down and he has to have that in a warehouse with no fans carries the company on his back for throughout that whole period pretty much and then fans start coming back and that's kind of the end of his run and since then he's probably seen guy after guy show up that kind of gets up the card you know we see J. Uso's Top of the card now. Cody Rhodes returned. You know, Seth Rollins came back with some big stuff. Damian Priest seems to be getting pushed. So it's probably been really hard for him to have had that, you know, missed opportunity and now see how many more guys have come in, how many, how further away he gets pushed away from the spotlight and CM Punk coming in. You know, if that's another guy that he's looking at going it's just another guy coming in for the spot that was supposed to be mine. So I can, I can understand why he would be frustrated with that situation, you know, just overall, not just not see him. Like you said, not specifically CM Punk, just that's almost the culmination of him missing his opportunity and seeing it get further and further away from him. And um, it, it, like you also mentioned, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out with people and how CM Punk's relationship goes. But I, I kind of suspect, you know, and this, you know, maybe this is just giving him the benefit of the doubt too much, but, I feel like he's got to be coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's got a point to prove because you know, in a lot of ways, he looked like a little bit of a villain with the AEW situation. You know, I think it was more of you know a lot of people screwed up a lot of stuff. You know, something doesn't get that bad just because of one person. But he's got all this stuff on his plate now where he's you know kind of got washed out twice of two different companies. He's got to be coming back thinking I've got a point to prove. I got to show everybody I'm not the problem. I'm not the guy that caused the issues in AEW. I'm still a CM Punk that everybody was for, you know, 10 years ago when I left with my grievances at WWE. So, you know, how long will it last? I don't know, but I kind of think he's going to be on his best behavior. He's going to be trying to, you know, kiss babies and shake hands and anybody that's against him, anybody that's not a fan of him. He's going to be trying to get them on his side because he's, you know, I'm sure he doesn't want to be portrayed as the villain and the. AEW situation. He'd much rather be the conquering hero returning to WWE to prove that company is a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing, and it was me all along. I'm the smart one here, so I I think he's going to be on his good behavior for a while, but you know, with his track record, it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts.
0: And Hopefully. um,
1: Tony? So, I don't know how true this is. This could also be part of it as a work, but according to Triple H and a couple people, none of the talent knew that CM Punk was coming. They had heard the rumbling. Some of them kind of figured it, but no one actually knew for sure what was happening. And they also said like, hey, we don't want anyone to know. We want this to be a real element of surprise. So it makes sense that a lot of people are extremely pissed when they see that because they're probably being told, no, those are rumors. We didn't bring him. And again, this is all of what they're saying is true. But that totally makes sense. And Drew McIntyre, same thing, because... I'm such a Drew McIntyre fan that I've always said I can see him being the next guy. I could see him being someone as big as John Cena or The Rock. The problem is he gets the shit end of the stick all the time. He had a boring title run. Even though I was happy he was champion. He won on the most boring WrestleMania, probably the most bizarre WrestleMania we've ever had. He just, he's got the shittiest luck, dude. But I'm a big fan of him, so I think that that probably plays a role, too, is they were setting up for a Drew and Seth. And if it were me, if I was Drew McIntyre and I saw that shit, I would immediately start to question things like, yep, I'm not going to WrestleMania now, at least not for what I think is. Cause it sounds like that's the case. And, you know, I do want to see Seth and CM Punk, but I'm going to, I'm just going to be that guy. I don't want it to be for a belt. Whether Seth has it or not. I don't think there should be a belt involved because unless they plan on giving it to CM Punk, which I really, really hope they don't, we already know who wins that match. There's no surprise there. And I really feel like if that's going to be the case, then it can't be for the belt. It just can't. That doesn't, it takes away too much. That's like John Cena and Roman Reigns. We know who's winning. It's too obvious, dude. I want some sort of surprise. So please, for the love of God, no belt. I mean, I've said that before, dude. As an AEW fan, you know, a CM Punk fan, I think the biggest mistake they made, besides firing him, was making him a champion. Because I am the person that thinks that if you are a major star like CM Punk or John Cena or whatever, you have no right carrying a belt. There's no reason for that. You've already done that. It's time for you to make a star, not be the star. Yeah. That's just my opinion on it. So if we get that match, dude, I really hope it's not for the belt, but I can guarantee a lot of people are pissed he's there because of the fact that, well, I don't have to say much. So go YouTube his interviews. And that being said, am I hopeful this is a long run? Yes. Kind of doubtful, though, because given who the man is, he's probably not going to be there for too long. But I kind of hope that he does because, again, what you, you know what you were saying, that he – has to prove something not only does he have to prove that he's still got it but he also has to prove that he's welcome back and that he's earned that because I really do feel that he walked into this not necessarily saying I need a job but more or less thinking I want to do what I love doing and no place will take me unless I make amends over here so I think that we're gonna I'm hoping that we're gonna see a different punk I really do hope that we see something that's more about forgiving and moving forward rather than just bagging on him and you know yeah. i always say that regardless of how you feel about him dude people talk about him all the time he's a popular subject so all exactly dude he's, he's
0: raw i mean not only
1: in, in, in events but his his merch too oh yeah oh yeah dude I, when he debuted in aew i went to go buy the shirt they announced i was late to the game dude i tried it the next day they sold out completely and I was pissed. I never got one, but as a, you know, as a CM Punk fan, I got to say I'm happy he's back in WWE just because now I have something to look forward to besides Seth Rollins and I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm an LA Knight guy. I like LA Knight too, but dude, in my opinion, wrestling as a whole there's just not a lot going on right now that has my attention.
2: Yeah. It
1: feels like a lot is missing and right now with Orton, Punk, all this stuff going on, finally and you know to close this dude i just i like it because what's cm punk gonna say about AEW? you know what i mean like (laughs) vince's role was always don't talk about other companies that's not triple h's role so we'll see what happens dude i'm excited i love all types of wrestling man i for me personally i think that when there's a war like this it brings out the best in all promotions so i'm hoping to again tonight dude i'm already ready I mean, again, CM Punk can literally go to the
0: ring and tell the crowd, don't worry, Vince is not my boss. He's not in charge. You don't have to worry about Vince.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think the, this thing about Drew McIntyre now, from what I understand, his contract expires after WrestleMania 40, and he's been hesitant on resigning. So, because he's so unlucky and because just so much creative frustration, it would not surprise me if he chose not to resign but not only that it's been said that because he's never allowed he's never given enough time off to go to his uh, home co- homeland of, of Scotland to visit his friends and family that's been one thing that's been bothering him as well so so honestly if it wouldn't be surprised if Drew McIntyre did not renew his contract
1: i would like to see him in AEW i think that'd be the perfect place for him if that's his concern cuz AEW is known for taking people that want to make money on the side so you go to Japan or elsewhere they're also known for fucking making you sit at home for two months straight. So we'll see, man. I'm a little concerned about that. I'm, I don't like how Edge is being treated. Different subject. But <laughs> uh, I hope that he goes there. And if he doesn't go there, then make him bigger than life on WWE. All right,
3: Mark, uh, any, anything uh, you want to say
0: about uh, Drew's future?
3: Okay, couple points. First of all, we know about Drew McIntyre. He was nowhere near a title run. He's not even close. He's not even the picture for the title right now, number one. So that's just an absolute daydream. If it is Seth Rollins for the, and Monk for the belt, it'll be better than anything they can give us with Roman Reigns. We're going have to have, the, we're gonna have to have them wrestle for the title. Who's going to win? We don't know. And as for Drew McIntyre walking over to AEW, that's never going to happen. First of all, you can tell that nobody wants to be in AEW right now because they're bringing all the old dinosaurs from WWE. They're not doing very good business right now. Edge is nowhere anywhere on TV. He's realized he made a mistake. And honestly, I cannot see Drew fitting in AEW. This is the company people want to wrestle for. You want to stay in WWE because that's where the money is. That's where the fame is. And that's where he's going. That's where he's going to do his best wrestling. And I feel bad. For, do, do I think Drew McIntyre is a, a phenomenal talent? Absolutely. Is he a very talented wrestler? Yes, he is. But... It's going to be, if they're going to go to WrestleMania 40 for Rollins and CM Punk, it most likely will be for the belt. And then maybe we'll have Drew McIntyre. And then maybe we'll have some somebody take on CM Punk if he wins the title, or if not, maybe we'll have Drew McIntyre down the line. But right now, Drew's not even anywhere near the title picture. He's not even close. Okay. Uncle
0: Matt?
2: Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time, you know, this like Mark mentioned see anybody want to leave WWE right now but you know just to play a little devil's advocate and kind of look at the other side uh they did just sign Will Ospreay who was probably in terms of younger guys one of the biggest free agents coming up this year and they do have a pretty big show next year in Europe that might be enough to entice Drew McIntyre to come over and say oh you're gonna put me on the Wembley card on a big match I could come over and do that at all in next year but uh could be, but like I said, I would probably think he's more likely to stay. Um, I could go either way with the title. You know, I think it makes it a bigger match if CM Punk versus Seth Rollins is for the title. But you can also uh, go the, the direction of CM Punk cost Seth Rollins the title when Damian Priest cashes in. And then you've got Damian Priest goes off with the belt. You've got Seth Rollins versus CM Punk set up with a little bit of a grudge there. And then if you need something for Drew McIntyre to keep him enticed, keep him entrenched, why not Drew McIntyre versus Damian Priest for the title at WrestleMania. There's there's a lot of different ways. I kind of alluded to it with the women's match and a little bit with the men's match, too. I mean, I think that was the cool thing about Survivor Series this year is it gave us a lot of openings, a lot of possibilities, a lot of uh, things that could be coming up down the road. And to Tony's point, that's, you know, that's what you need in wrestling. You know, I I like watching good matches, but when you've got these good storylines, all these possibilities, you don't know where it's going to go and it could go a million different ways. That's what makes you tune in, in my opinion. So. I'm excited. Like I mentioned, I didn't have tickets to raw until I saw, you know, CM Punk come out. And then I was like, okay, I got to go to this. I can't be sitting on my couch at home. It's five minutes from my house. I got to go down the road and check this show out. So uh, there's a lot of things that could happen over the next year, but uh, it makes it that much more interesting to tune in and find out what actually is going to happen.
3: Absolutely.
0: Well, gentlemen, I think we've covered basically pretty much everything there is to cover. Um, Any final thoughts?
1: I'm not going to lie, man. I do want to see my final thought here. I'd love to see Seth and CM Punk, but I'd rather see CM Punk and Roman Reigns, even though I already know who the fuck wins that one. But it's just because, dude, I'm starting to understand why people like Roman Reigns. I still profess that I think he's a shitty wrestler, but the shittiest wrestlers are the greatest in the world. Hulk Hogan. John Cena, The Rock. (laughs) The shittiest wrestlers in the world, dude, are the best. So I'm I'm slowly drinking that Kool-Aid, but I'd like to see it just because they both have not had nice things to say about each other. So that would be cool just to see some sort of, you know, realism to it.
3: Mark? All right, number one, I can't stand Roman Reigns. That's that's obvious with me. He's a horrible fucking champion. (laughs) <laughs> He's a paper champion, never defends the title. And you had a big you had one of the major four pay reviews he, he refused to show up. So Roman Reigns near near wrestling number one. Number two, you're giving way too much credit putting him in the same in, in the same in, in the same sense as Hogan and The Rock. At least it defended the title. That's number That's
1: two. That's true. That's and, true. I mean Go ahead.
3: I, both walkings' matched were home runs, but again, I thought the wrong teams won. I still I'm still very much with, if you're going to have a group, then that, then their credibility both went down with, with, with the loss.
0: Okay. Uncle Matt?
2: Nah, I'm just, uh, you know, been kind of a bit of a lull in the wrestling world for a little while. It feels like now there's a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. So just looking forward to the next few months. I mean, Royal Rumble's right around the corner, and then after that, you know, That's we're on the on. road to WrestleMania, so... A lot of interesting things going to be happening in the next few months. So I'm, I'm just as a wrestling fan, I'm it's nice to have a little buzz going. Nice to be have some things to look forward to and be excited about. All
0: right. Well, before I, we uh, before we go and end this, uh, Tony, go and uh, let the world know where they can find you and find your show.
1: Well, uh, yes, you can find us at thegreatgirthpodcast.com. dot uh, com. You can also find us on YouTube. Same thing, Great Girth Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We recently got fucked on instagram so a new account has been made so if you see an account with barely any followers that's the real one um you can also find us on spotify apple podcast uh we're just now moving into video not just audio so if you want the good quality that's going to be youtube but alex thanks for having me man
0: Hey, uh uncle mad uh same with you tell the world tell the world they can find you
2: yeah, uh, I've got a YouTube channel, Uncle Mad with two Ds, kind of cover a little bit of everything. You know, yesterday I went to the Titans game, so I got a vlog from there. But, you know, it's fun. I just kind of do whatever I want on there, you know, so check that out. Uh, Twitter, it's Uncle Mad, two Ds. There's an underscore between Uncle and Mad. Um, Instagram, I think it's all just one jammed together thing, Uncle Mad. But, yeah, it's Uncle Mad with two Ds pretty much on every platform. So just, you know, give me a follow. Check me out, and thanks for having me on. Well You're welcome. Mark? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram,
3: markbrobin 96 uh, You can find me anywhere you want. I'm not on TikTok for 30 days, Rob, but that that's a whole different ball game. Gentlemen, it's been an honor to work with you. Alex, thank you so much for the invite once again. And uh, enjoy the show tonight, man. All right. Well, gentlemen, again,
0: thank you very, very much from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, but one more thing. Ringside Chaos is available on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on YouTube, it's anywhere where you can get your podcast. so please hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. This is, in fact, the greatest pro wrestling podcast in the world. If you have any friends or family members that love pro wrestling, this is the show for them, so please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Gentlemen, thank you very much once again. It's, it's been an honor, guys. It's
1: been a pleasure. Thanks, boss, man.
3: All right, you guys have a good one.